and welcome back to another Friday edition Hello. of 30 Rack of Sports. Once again, just Josh and myself, Greg, here for today. Just Josh and just Gregging. Just Josh and Gregging around. No, no Zarkin. No Zarkin. Ah. Uh, no Zarkin. Friday show. If you haven't checked out our Tuesday show, be sure to check it out. We talk some, some bangles. Bungles, baby. Uh, a little bit of Big Ten football and then preview the World Series. Now. Yeah, I wonder how that's going here in the future. Yeah, I know. Also, this, as we're talking about the Cavs season, another two games under their belt by the time this gets released. Uh, two games I don't feel amazing about in, uh, oh, yeah. in those uh, Nuggets and Lakers game. But uh, today we're talking, we're doing a little round ball rocking. Uh, talking the Cavs. Cavs started their season last Wednesday. Currently sit at one and two on the season. Uh, both losses, you know, close going into the fourth quarter. But uh-huh. uh, you know, as you get with some of those young teams, uh, still one and two on the season. Uh, as we're recording Monday night, start their five game road trip uh, in Denver at the altitude tonight versus the Nuggets before two games in LA a game in Phoenix, and then go to the other coast to play Charlotte before heading home. Yeah, I, I was going to get to that really uh, ridiculous schedule. Uh, you eating tonight, Greg? You, you doing me versus Nuggets tonight? Man, if, if I, if After I our known, show? If I would have known, then I, I might have tried. I actually have a quick question for you, and I'm going to put yeah. you on the spot. Yeah. I was thinking about this today. As someone that did a quarter of me versus Nuggets. And I got the Burger King Nuggets. They're a little bit smaller. Yep. I had about 30. It took me about two hours to kind of feel normal after that. Uh-huh. But? If you wanted to do the me versus Nuggets challenge with some kind of food, what what is the, like, biggest food or, like, What's you preferred know, food? food that you think you could actually eat 100, like, a you know, 110, we'll say, probably between 100 and 120. Because obviously anyone could say, well, M&M's. Popcorn shrimp. Yeah. Popcorn, Popcorn shrimp. shrimp. Yeah, you know, they're yeah. little, yeah, they're little tiny things. Oh. You know, they're shrimp, they're fish, they're light. Your chicken, you know, you, you fill up with all that breading. That's, oh, yeah. that's, you're smart going with the Burger King. Less breading, a little smaller in size. So I, I've seen some of the guys, uh, what, my, uh, at Mind of Quinn is one of the, one of the, couple guys that have done it and i've seen a couple of the you know a couple of the cleveland guys done it like successfully completed it, successfully. it beat him yes wow he was on the his uh i think his twitter abby is still uh him on the news and it just says nugget enthusiast center <laughs> that's awesome but you get uh you know you get some of your big cleveland guys your you, you know your shirt sir yachts and whatnot trying yeah. to do trying to do the nuggets challenge uh i believe there's only been two successful but uh you know, normally they have a mixture of like Burger King and uh, right and McDonald's, maybe maybe some other ones. You don't want those like thick Chick Fil A no, ones. No, yeah, you, you'll you'll never. Yeah, be able you'll to do no, it. you'll never make I it. I was gonna say, I don't know, like chips and M and M's obviously would be easy. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's so many that I'm like, no, I couldn't do that. I mean, you're talking, you got to at least eat a hundred of them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A hundred of them, like not even in Power Hour, like shots of beer. Like, no, I couldn't even yeah. do that. Hundred oh, ounces of beer, maybe in two and a half hours. Of course, telling you to be responsible. Uh, would never, would never say to do that. Make sure you're having a nice night at home while you're doing that. But 
Yes, yes. Uh, let us know. What, what, what would you be able to eat 120 of? I mean, like, obviously French fries. I'm curious. Yeah, French fries is what I was going to say, but I felt like that was a cop-out. Yeah, I don't... I don't I know. Like yeah. Popcorn. I feel like popcorn shrimp might be one of the one of the better answers. Maybe like I don't know. Those like. like small cookies. Or, I don't even yeah. know. Those are those are still small pretty. smiley face cookies. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Little, I could do those. Ones? Oh, I'd yeah. be ashamed of myself, but I could do it. Oh okay. Here's mine. Because I probably had like forty in the night before. Okay. Chewy chips ahoy. Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, you're a chewy guy? See, uh, I respect 100%. that. Major respect 100%. that. There aren't enough chewy chips ahoy guys out there. Everyone's that, always with the classic. When I was a kid, sometimes my mom would bring home the chewy chips ahoy. They'd be gone in a day. Yeah. Sometimes she was feeling a little bit more healthy. We'd get the reduced fat ones that taste a little bit sawdusty, and you're like, I just need my chewy chips right ahoy. yeah yeah you can down a whole sleeve of chewy oh, chips ahoy but you no can't problem. with the yeah you, that's right they're dusty that's a good they're dusty no problem so let mm-hmm. us know uh obviously looking back just so they can get a laugh how many how many points do you think the nuggets will score because we're not saying win or lose yeah uh I'm thinking you gotta go. You gotta go at least one one ten tonight. I was thinking one ten. Yeah. I was. I'll, I'll say one oh eight. Yeah. I'll say one oh eight. You know, roughly about over there. You know, given the points of the Cavs, you need to get up. to a hundred and then work through a final dozen Nuggets. I think. Yeah. Yeah. They have. Uh, I. I think. I think Quinn got to like one. 12 115 so that you know well you're gonna if need they give up the points that they gave against the hornets where you're at 132 then you're in a, a mess of trouble but yeah well you need something to wash it down with we've got a great beer of the week with us tonight the kalima coffee cream ale from esoteric it's our uh it's got this great color to it it's our gold of the evening and now to get to our wine greg time to whine about the cast <laughs> all right um so yeah nba season underway Cavs, youngest team in the association, uh, believe 21.7 is their average age. Um, coming out of the gate, one and two, but if you've watched them, you've seen some signs of great promise. Especially yeah, that, uh, that front court is, looks fun. I was going to say, the first first game you know, was a two-point game with about two minutes to go. Kind of you know, one of those things where it gets away from you. Charlotte game... We'll get to a little bit more Ricky Rubio. Had a, had a tough fourth quarter, we'll say. Late in the game, kind of let that game get away from him. But against a good Hawks team that was in the Eastern yeah. Conference Finals, got the win. But that front court has been, you know, solid. Uh, Jared Allen in the first game, 11 of 11 from the field. Throwing them down. Um, Throwing them down. Yeah, I mean, uh, they have, you know, four guys averaging, I think it's, just under 6.7 rebounds per game and above in, uh, you know, Mobley, Allen, Lauren Markin, and Kevin Love. So very much getting it done on the offensive. And Allen and Mobley both averaging 16 points a game. So some very good front point, you know, some front court thoughts. And I know we'll get yeah. to Mobley later, but yeah. uh, he's he's even impressed me. Yeah, He's even impressed me. I mean, you look at, I think... The number one thing that I've seen Cavs fans talking about is just how fun the front court looks. And I think that's a result of you got guys both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Guys are crashing the glass way more than you've seen in the past. Um, You've talked about the more rebounds. You've seen more dunks. 
Um, guys just driving the lane way harder, especially in Allen. Yeah, I mean, better defense from them. You've seen, you know, some blocks and also just, as you mentioned with the dunks, but the big guys that run the floor. Because when you get big guys that run the floor and you feed them, that's when you get those Allen or there's Mobley or Markinen dunks where they're just seven-foot guys and they're just yamming on someone's head. So it's been really great to see this, you know, this offense or at least this this front court start to move forward. Obviously, Allen is on the bigger contract, Mobley. You know, top five pick, obviously expecting a lot out of him, yeah. you know, at number three. So So do you think, you know, is is this a good sign that the rebuild is starting to take shape now and we're maybe leaving rebuild and entering early phases of your young Cleveland Cavaliers team? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the questions that you have is in most of the professional sports, you have that, you know, that kind of win now mentality. And, you know, you've seen it with especially, you know, the Reds and whatnot, where you get kind of halfway through a rebuild and then you kind of restart. Yep. Sometimes it takes too long. The worry, you know, uh, Colin Sexton, no no rookie extension, will be a restricted free agent, but you wonder about that. Still got, you know, as you mentioned, a ton of young guys. Most of them on, you know, rookie or, or pretty favorable contracts. But I think there is some steps moving forward. You see Mobley is is a solid contributor. You see, you know, Allen and Mobley play pretty well together. You've got a lot of tall guys. You can have some stretches. You can have some movement. And I think, you know, as Mobley, you know, kind of develops, he'll be even better, you know, in, in some more pick-and-pop situations and whatnot. Um, you know, unfortunately with the, with the backcourt, you've had Darius Carlin out the last two games or the two games over the weekend with, uh, with an ankle injury, but did have 13 and 12, the first game, Colin Sexton leading the team with, you know, 21 points per game. So I think there's some stuff there and I think you see them fighting. My question, you know, as it's been over the last couple of years is, can you put a full season together? Cause you saw the team, you know, last year. Don't have a whole lot of veterans to trade, but, you know, first 20 games, you know, they're 10 and 10 or something. And then afterwards, it kind of turns into a dumpster fire by the end of the year. Right. Well, so I guess that uh, brings me to my my next question for you. Uh, the last time we talked about the Cavs wasn't so much a season preview like we're doing today, but, you know, things are starting to take shape after the acquisition of Lori Markinen. How... And now, now you have Garland, like you said, Garland's hurt right now. So, how does that acquisition of Garland, or so excuse me, Markinen, how does that help? Because I know there's been debate while Garland's out whether he should be starting or not, um, what he could contribute in a starter role versus what he could contribute in a bench role. What, like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, the the real question with Markinen coming into the season is, uh, you know, love you kind of were figuring was going to a bench role. But you have, you know, you have Allen, you have Markinen, you have Mobley, you have Love, you have last year's starting small forward and, you know, the 2020 number five overall pick in Isaac Okoro, who started at small forward for most of the year. So the question was, and even going into the season, is Mobley coming off the bench and Markinen starting at the four? Is Markinen starting at the three and Okoro coming off the bench? Is Markinen starting at the three, Okoro starting at the two, and Sexton coming off the bench? Where are we kind of looking? And right now, 
at least in the first game. And obviously, it hasn't really changed much because you you know switch out Garland for Rubio, but you've had Okoro coming off the bench, you know, kind of in that two three area, Markinen starting, Mobley at four, and then Allen at five. Um, Markinen, you know, has helped out with his size. Does you know move the defense? Uh, I do like his hustle on offense and defense. Still is a little bit slim, which kind of hurts him. You know, that's why he's more of a, a small forward. Uh, you know, the biggest worry, and I don't know if it'll carry on, because he, he's been a good shooter over his career. And, you know, three games is a small sample size. Five of 18 from three, 12 of 40 from, you know, from just field goals in general. So it's one of those things that you can see some parts of our offense, even with Allen playing well and, you know, Mobley settling in well. Mobley's only going to get better. You don't expect Markinen to shoot this poorly forever. Right. You're going to get Garland back. So there's certainly some some promise going forward with these guys. Yeah, I kind of like, you know, it, when you get those guys back, if you could get him into more of a bench role, and then you have like a Coro, him, and Love on the bench. Yeah. It's not a bad bench to have. Um, I, guess, I guess I'll skip ahead here and, and go with the uh, the rest of that bench. Um, being Kevin Love, and we talked about this last time, uh, and that was when we were talking about the marketing acquisition. And at that time, towards the end of the summer, things were still a little murky, a little gloomy on what was going to happen with Kevin Love. But uh, head coach uh, JB Bickerstaff has said that the relationship between Love and the Cavs isn't what the media has made it out to be and that they're all good and everything. He's settled into his role as a bench guy and Bickerstaff says he wants, they want to keep him 15 to 20 minutes per game. Do you think that's going to suit Kevin love? Like, can he still make meaningful contributions to the team? Like, like how do you feel about him as a, just a 15 to 20 minute, a guy, a game guy. Now, I, I think if you're looking in the full offense and I, you know, maybe getting to Ricky Rubio later, but Ricky Rubio is a solid passer, you know, getting love in that offense with Rubio, getting him some open shots, kind of having the offense work through him a little bit more on that like second team offense, I think is solid right now. He's averaging about 22 minutes a game. So maybe just a little bit above there, but obviously, you know, some injuries changes yeah. some of that stuff. Um, I was actually, you know, I watched a couple of preseason games because I'm the one psychopath on the planet that that watches those things. But he was shooting the ball well, uh, has come out, you know, ice cold, uh, 6 of 21, 1 of 8 from 3. But I think, you know, for him, if he can get a feel for the game, if he can get comfortable and kind of settle in, because I think the the one thing that I worry about with him coming off the bench is he's always been a guy that, you know, during the big three days, he was kind of a guy that, uh, you know, Ty Lu and whatnot would, would set plays for him earlier, get a feel for the game. And I think maybe that can still happen. Get Rubio in, you know, to a point where Sexton or, or Allen may not be the focal point of the offense or Mobley. Get him a couple shots, get him comfortable and get him going. But I think if he can, you know, do well in short segments get a feel back for the game because once again the last couple of years he's been injured so often contribute where he can hitting threes stretching the floor he's always been a great rebounder getting rebounds starting some fast breaks and then also just 
helping out a guy like Evan Mobley. You see some, you know, Evan's a bigger guy. I think, a, you know, a little bit more athletic, a little bit better shot blocker. But as far as, you know, uh, offense, you know, the uh, free throw line, get it to him, have him kind of run the offense through him like they did with Kevin Love for a little while is right up Mobley's alley. So I think he can teach a lot to Mobley. So I think if he right. can just stay in his lane, teach and be successful where he is, I think it's going to be positive for him and the Cavs. Because honestly, he could be a guy that, you know, if he goes off for 12 points a game over a couple months, maybe late in the season, someone gets a little desperate. Yeah, right. Someone gets desperate enough to take on that contract, maybe. But once again, every month it gets shorter and shorter. True, so. true. Um, so yeah, you mentioned Ricky Rubio. Uh, 9.3 assists per game right now. Really feeding that offense. Has had some hero moments and some some not so much greg yeah he uh he had a tough game for charlotte you know six turnovers three late in the game as the game was kind of close to give it away but you know he was one of those guys that you know it's kind of been almost an afterthought which is very interesting right if you know watching his game fits a little bit more in the international game but watching him in the olympics he was you know the second or third best player at the Olympics. He was one of the top, you know, five players at the Olympics. So he's a guy that can, you know, 17 points, nine assists, maybe a little bit better in the backup role than in the starter role. But he's also a guy that can help out these young guys so much. You know, Okoro has been a little disappointing, has not played, you know, a ton, but has not played well. Get him some easy shots. Get Mobley some easy shots. Get, you know, Kevin Love some easy shots. He's a guy... That, you know, sometimes when Sexton and Garland's running the offense, things get a little erratic. You know, they try to score a little bit too much. Rubio is is your traditional point guard to a T. So I think yeah. he can help out as far as, hey, I'll make sure you get involved. I'll make sure I get involved. You know, everybody gets involved. I'll take a couple of spots when I need to to get some points. But it's definitely a guy that runs the offense as it should be run. A veteran who's been there, done that. And is, you know, usually a guy, I, I was amazed to hear, I, I didn't get a chance to watch the Charlotte game, but I was amazed to hear that he was the one making the turnovers because he's usually so, so sure-handed and so confident with the basketball. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how some of these veteran guys um, play out for the Cavs this year. And especially we'll get to the tough stretch they have on their schedule here and how important the veterans will be there. But before we get to the veterans, let's get to the rookie. The talking point of the land. Third round pick out of Southern California, Evan Mobley, through his first three games, 15.7 points per game, 8.3 rebounds per game, as well as 2.3 blocks per game. A lot of action on the glass, 56% from the field, 83% from the line. He locked down one of the fastest ball handlers in the association the other night when he switched on to uh, Trey Young. And, I mean, I think he kind of led the charge defensively. I mean, they handled the Hawks. Hawks are a quick team. Yeah, and, I mean, that's the one thing. You know, you saw it early in the year, and I think that was one of the, kind of the causes for worry is, you know, they're giving up 120, 130 again. Because that's always been the, you know, they've been a team that can get it done offensively, but it's they've been challenged defensively. But having the two guys in the middle and having a guy like Mobley that can, you know, uh, they they always talked about his pick and roll defense. So you know the center picks 
and then usually you're having to guard a a you know point guard or shooting guard on the perimeter and it was like a clinic on that. i watched some of the highlights from that hawks game it's like a clinic with him on that super well yeah i would say his best best game you know obviously through three yeah, games right. but small sample game, size you know saturday 17 points 11 rebounds four blocks so you know his outside game is still a little unsure i think only has five threes attempted so far this year but if he can do that get stronger i mean he'll be a force he will be a real force in this league he's a guy that you know i was a little bit worried because i thought you know the two two center thing might be a little bit worrisome but he is so versatile he moves so well he's not your clint capella type or your jared allen type he's a guy that can really change games and i think hands you know runs the pick and roll well handles the ball passes the ball well he could be a real focal point for an offense and a problem for years to come yeah i mean you know like you said obviously only three games in only you know barely a week into the season uh cunningham hasn't gone yet uh green's been so so mobley's turning a lot of heads here i mean what's the ceiling for him i mean how how far can he you know, he fly this season. How far can he take the Cavs? Uh, you know, this season I, I think might be tough. Uh, you know, you're hoping for some improvement. You're hoping to maybe be in the playoff conversation. But I think he can be a focal point for this team for years to come. I really think he can be, you know, a top player on this team. You know, maybe a top 25 player in the league, especially with his defense, with his movement. He can be one of the guys that you look at and, you know, Green's game is up and down. I think Cade Cunningham's game. I mean, I was the biggest Cade Cunningham fan going into the draft. Right. So it'd be ter- yeah, I can't turn on that now, but I think him and Cunningham right now are looking like two of the best guys, or looking like yeah. the two best guys in this draft. And I think depending on you know how they work with their teams, you could look back and say maybe Mobley was the best pick coming in soon because he has been that impressive with everything else that he does to be a power forward and to be a stretch guy. Yeah, turning a lot of heads out there. A lot of people talking about Evan Mobley and the Cavs today. Uh, we'll, we'll finish up here with uh, where we're going with the Cavaliers, where the Cavaliers have to go. Uh, we talked about the veterans, um, Kevin Love, uh, Laurie Mac- uh, Markinen, and how those guys will contribute. And I think right off the bat here, you're going to have to see them contribute a veteran presence as the Cavs have an absurd schedule ahead of them to start the year. Eight of 11 of their first games are on the road. Only one of them against a non-playoff team, um, sort of, kind of, depending on where you cut off the NBA playoffs and if you count the play-in games. Yeah, if you count the play-in games. Uh, you got at Lakers, uh, at Clippers, uh, Denver, Phoenix, all on the road, and that's your West Coast road trip that you then end in Charlotte, North Carolina, for some reason, before returning home to Cleveland, Ohio, for just one game, and then going on another road trip. I, who the fuck made this schedule? Like, Welcome to the association. My this friend. is absurd. <laughs> you know, I I went off on MLB for the Reds uh, beginning of the schedule at the beginning of the baseball season this year. This is. This is bonkers to me right here that they, they have to go and do this. And for a young team, 
uh, you're really going to need some veteran presence here, especially when you have to stay in LA for the week and play those teams after coming off, you know, Denver's no slouch. Then you go and Denver's a tough place to play just physically because you're playing yeah. in the altitude. Well, and then, so you're in LA for the week against those teams. And then you have the Suns. I mean, that's a brutal schedule to start your season for a team whose average age is only 21 years old. Yeah. Uh, how, do, how do you, what are your expectations here for these first two weeks, Greg? Yeah, I, I'm, I looked at the schedule and I was kind of, you know, very much worried. Um, the other thing is, you know, you look at some of these teams, Suns are one and two, Lakers are one and two, Clippers are zero oh and two. You wonder how long that lasts. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, are you lucky you're getting them early, this yeah. out of the way early? Maybe, maybe maybe you come in with a little bit more energy than they do. Uh, obviously, the Nuggets are, are a very tough team. Uh, Jokic in the middle. I think Cavs might be one of the better teams in, in being able to help with him. They've got, you know, Mobley will get a real, yeah, I mean, real you saw, chance. Yeah, you saw what Mobley did in Atlanta. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the Nuggets missing some pieces. Uh, Clippers obviously missing Kawhi. Uh you saw LeBron go down. He seemed to get up all right. A little bit of strife in the Lakers. I would say, you know, you, you're getting him at the right time. I would say if you go two and two in those four, I would be ecstatic. Honestly, if you go two and three, maybe get one. One and four is about what I, I'd be disappointed if they didn't win one game. But I'm thinking in that one and four, two and three range, if they somehow win more than two of these games, then I'm going to be very excited for the rest of the season because that I think that means they figured out something. If they can go on the road and get some wins, you know, once again, the Eastern Conference has never been exactly a, a crazy, amazing conference. You know, right now you're looking at the three undefeated teams in the East are the Bulls, the Hornets, and the Wizards. So you might have some chances to, you know, at least make some noise for the playoffs. But I think if you can show that you can go on the West Coast, especially when you're when you have to stay in LA, which I think is a big deal, especially when the kids are only twenty one. Yeah. If those veterans can keep them in line, keep them engaged, the, the staff can keep them engaged, and then also keep your head up because you're going to take some bad losses. Right. Every team, you know, if you're a West Coast team on an East Coast trip or you're an East Coast team on a West Coast trip, you're going to take a bad loss usually somewhere. But as long as you can bounce back. And just remember, this happens. This is the pros. You know, we're trying to be a a 500 team, to be completely honest. If we can figure that out, then the Cavs will be in in really good shape. But one to two games is is what one is probably the expectation. Yeah, it's a tough stretch of basketball that the Cavaliers are playing to start the season. But... Uh, for Cavs fans, you got a lot to look forward to here and be excited about. Evan Mobley's really lighting things up on both ends of the ball. Um, you do get some good home stretches here uh, in November. Uh, Thanksgiving week, Cavs will be home for four games, Golden State, Brooklyn, Phoenix, and Orlando that week. And then you've got the big New Year's Eve game this year uh, down at the Fieldhouse. Well, they'll have the, uh, the Hawks in Cleveland that night. And then February 20th, uh, last weekend of February, the 70th NBA All-Star Game weekend in Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland getting all the big sports events recently with the, well, with the draft. And, you know, last time we were talking about this, I said maybe coming off of a Brown Super Bowl. But 
We'll see. If if forty percent of the roster is still injured by then, yeah. maybe not. But but Plenty to be excited about on the Cavs' forefront here. Uh, a lot of positive signs for the future, Greg. From what I've heard, a very nice, new, renovated rock at the oh, Rocket very, Mortgage Fieldhouse. Very nice. Uh, once again, after that, you know, Portland at home, but Toronto, Washington, Detroit, Boston hasn't looked great. Who knows what's going on with Brooklyn? So you never know yeah. coming through, getting some wins here, and... Uh, you know what? I, I've always said as a Cavs fan, at least post-LeBron, I just want the team to be fun to watch. I just want to... because you know, Ten seasons without LeBron, ten losing seasons. It's not even about the losing seasons, because I remember the year before LeBron came back. They were at least a relative playoff. Like They were, they were like a ten seed. But I remember watching the games and being like, wow, so much fun watching these games. Even if they're like a ten seed and I have fun, you know, the last yeah. couple of years... The last month of the season, I've just been checked out because it's right. been like, we're going to lose by 20 or we're going to lose by 25. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying here. I think you've got the pieces are coming together where you're at least going to have a fun team to watch and you're going to, you've got so many young investments that you're going to get to see some kids grow up here and uh, do some awesome things on the, uh, on the hardwood in the land. And you know what they say up there, Greg? You just got to believe, man. I think, I think it's, uh, do they not say that anymore? Hashtag let them know. Let is them our, know. Is our, okay. is our hashtag. I know it was be, I don't know. be the fight last yeah, year. Yeah, be the fight. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know who comes up with this, but let them know. Hopefully we let them know in the next couple of weeks that we're not a doormat. We're only kind of a doormat. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to do it for our Friday edition of 30 Rack of Sports. Once again, if you didn't listen to our Tuesday show, talking some bangles, some Big Ten football. A little bit of World Series, too. A little too. bit of World so Series, You can yeah. see probably how awful our uh, predictions have, have come out yep. by this point. By now, yeah, by now we're probably dead in the water. By now the Astros are up 3-0. Yep. Bang that can. Well, for Zach, who couldn't be here tonight, I love the Cavs. <laughs> for Josh, on the ones and twos. Go Bearcats. Go Cavs. I'm Greg. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of 30 Racket Sports. Be the fight? Be the fight? Oh? oh?